What's the secret to getting massive media coverage? We're going to talk about how to increase your visibility, how to increase your credibility. We're going to talk about some PR strategy today. We've got Mickey Kennedy on the show with us. He is the founder of ereleases.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with you. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. Mickey Kennedy's in the house. Hey, thanks <laughs> for having me. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Sure. I'm so happy you're here. We've got a lot of stuff we're going to dive into today. We've got 30 minutes to, to do it. Are you ready to get started? I am. Okay. First of all, you've been at this for a long time. So let me just give give everybody a quick uh, intro to really who you are, right? So you're not just an expert at helping small businesses and authors and startups increase their visibility and credibility, but you founded your company e-releases 22 years ago, yeah. 22 years ago, after realizing that small businesses desperately need a press release service that was more affordable and giving them access to the media nationwide, right? And doing it with a personal touch. I know you're not too far away from me. You're up there in Baltimore County. So we're both on the same time zone, both getting the rain. Hopefully the internet cooperates today <laughs> with the after effects of uh, Storm Ida, who we're praying is uh, now leaving New Orleans alone. Um, Mickey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Give us a little background. So 22 years ago, like what inspired you to start this, get this going? So around 24 years ago, 25 years ago, I was working for a telecom startup as employee number three. And I wore a lot of hats there. And one of them was handling press releases and getting them out, which at the time revolved around a fax machine that held 100 <laughs> numbers. And we had 180 journalists that we needed to reach. I tried to suggest to my boss that we buy a second fax machine, but he's like, no, no, just program them 100 numbers, hit send, and then the next day, delete those numbers and put 80 or 90 back into it. Oh, so my gosh. It was tedious. Sadly, I remember doing something similar to that. <laughs> yeah. And Not so that scale. I, I uh, started to get a lot of calls from journalists asking if I could just email the press release. We were publishing telecom traffic and statistics, a lot of numbers, and they just found it easier to work with cutting and pasting rather than uh, working off paper copy. And I mentioned it to my boss that someone should do email sends of press releases. And he said, that sounds like an interesting business. So I spent the next year uh, contacting journalists and uh uh, at first, I was going to be telecom and high tech oriented. And as I would talk to people that were journalists, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't do telecom anymore. Now I do sports. And so I, they were just moving beats all around. So I was like, well, I think I'm gonna have to do everybody. So I just started reaching out to all the journalists and trying to get them in there. And when I launched, uh, it'll be 23 years this October. Uh, I had 10,000 journalists in my database and uh, I would do email blasts for my clients. And I think at the time I charged, charged around $250 and uh, I was just trying to make it affordable because uh, the Newswire is so much more expensive. Ironically, uh, PR Newswire approached me a few years after that and said, hey, you should also send your releases through us. And I'm like, you charge like $1,000 to go out nationally. There's no way my customers can afford that. So we went back and forth. Um, 
And we found a win-win uh, situation where we schedule most of our releases for next business day so that they can work on them overnight when they have uh, editorial staff that's not really working so that uh, it doesn't cost them additional labor. And also, you know, we took into account that my average customer does three to four releases a year. Um, they're not the customers that PR Newswire is looking for and their sales team. So uh, we, we sort of just fit into a little niche that they weren't serving. And, and that's how we sort of uh, started working with them. And it's been a great relationship ever since. Yeah. I, I um, started my social media marketing agency, my first agency in 2010. Like we were helping people with MySpace, Mickey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, small businesses. I'm like, Hey, you need to be on MySpace. Uh, and I, when I started it, I, I went and like bought all these books on social media and, I think it was David Meerman Scott's book. And he talked a lot about using PR as part of your strategy. He's going to be on this show uh, next month, by the way. And he, ironically, and he just, ha just happened to come up to that, but he, he got me thinking at the time, like we should be doing press releases for all of our agencies uh, or I'm sorry, all of our clients as an agency. So anytime we would have news, we would release a press release. And anytime our clients would have something big, we would do a press release for them and get that distribution and that visibility out there for them. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to show clients results that they want, which is they want exposure and they want media coverage. They want visibility and they want what can come out of that. So what came out of that oftentimes was journalists who would call and schedule interviews and appointments um, with, uh, with our clients. So talk to us a little bit about for the person who's watching this, who's really green. Maybe it's somebody who's a digital marketing consultant or a, a digital coach. And they, maybe they're so, uh, consumed with the Facebook and the Instagram and the TikTok and all this, that they don't even know what the hell we're talking about. What are, what are news releases really? News really releases are basically a, a uh, an announcement usually written in the third person. Uh, they're not very sexy. There's no real creative writing that goes much into it. Uh, I think the uh, one exception would be a great quote where you have a quote from yourself or someone at the company, put a little magic in there, make it sing, uh, you know, make it stand out because a, a really strong quote can create an opportunity for a journalist to build a story around you, even if it's like a mediocre press release. And I've seen that happen a lot. Um, it's that's generally a great got, tip, by the way. That's, yeah. that's for everyone listening. That's a really great tip that he just shared, which is if you're going to write a press release, have at least one sentence that's catchy and a hook, and that might catch the attention of a journalist who might want to quote that in a story and ask you for permission to, and now you can be as featured in whatever publication they happen to quote you in. That's a really good tip. You just kind of slid that in there. Great. Yeah. I, I've, I've uh, stood behind the shoulders of a few journalists and just asked them what they're looking for when they go through releases. And uh, yeah, invariably, they will stop when something catches their eye and they're just like, this is a mediocre story, but I love that quote. And he's like, I'm sitting here thinking for a minute that I might put that on my maybe pile and I could build a story around just that quote. And so yeah. that's what woke me up to it, that the importance of the quote, because for so many people, they're just throwaways and it's just a safe, innocuous statement that just seems predictable. And it could be something that really stands out and uh, sort of highlights you or, or says something that's a little, uh, you know, even uh, controversial or something like that. Yeah. And controversy 
can help you win in marketing. So <laughs> it's I often tell people if you're not being a contrarian in your field, uh, you're not going to be you're going to be seen as a me too. How are you going to stand out? Uh, what what are you standing for? Right. Right. Uh, where are you staking your flag? So one benefit of doing a press release you just spelled out, uh, which is you might get media notice, media attention, somebody who wants to take your press release or a quote from it or interview you from it. So you're getting some press. Uh, What's another benefit? Why else might somebody want to say, hey, I need to make this part of my marketing strategy? You can get direct customers through these articles. Um, generally, if uh, you know the New York Times or someone writes about you, sometimes even when they don't even link to you, people will still go and do a Google search for the company name mentioned in the article and want to do business with you. And what a lot of my customers have said is, we love the traffic we get from uh, articles because it converts so much higher than even their best landing pages. And so, you know, they 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 might get 20 to 30% conversion rates in their landing pages that are uh, A-B split tested or like performing at three to 4% or something like that. So uh, it, 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 it awesome. and I've had a customer or two actually take pay-per-click traffic and send it to the article, even though they can't retarget that traffic. But they wow. said that it converts well enough that when they take warm traffic from search certain search terms uh, to the article that was written about them, that it, it will convert. And I think that, that comes from an implied endorsement that happens when uh, a, a news outlet writes an article about you. Um, it's almost like they're a curator and they've discovered this interesting or uh, quirky or fun or really, uh, you know, uh, a professional company and then they're highlighting it or the product or a service and and people you know pay attention to that they feel like someone has vetted this company and for some reason it stood out and they want to do business with you so i would say that's really important There's so it, always- it positions you as an authority absolutely and, and that's i want everyone to understand this people get so hung up on like how, what's authority marketing and how do i well this is one of several things you should be doing which is um taking advantage of what press releases have to offer in the marketplace for you and for your clients and especially if you want to put yourself in the light of being an authoritative uh voice out there because it's it's a, it perceptions everything right you can write you could be the one who wrote the press release about the good news about yourself or the company but it's perceived differently in the eyes of the person who reads it because the press release, right? Right. It's a piece of news. And unfortunately, too many people believe everything in the news. So, but it's actually a fortunate thing when it comes to marketing, right? It can definitely lend itself some power to you. And so this is a way you can, you can leverage it. I love it. Um, another benefit. What's some, what's, give me another reason. Well, uh, I had an offline carpet company uh, do a PR campaign with me because they had the budget, and we got them in about uh, we got about thirty articles across a dozen floor trade publications, and the whole time I'm like these people are going to hate me because that's not their customers. Uh, we ended up getting them in a local newspaper and a, a New Jersey magazine, which was in their audience, but they uh, came back to me with this big book a binder of all their clippings. And they said, just to let you know, we now take this every time we give a quote at someone's house and we go through and show that we've been picked up by floor trade weekly, this publication, this publication. And they said, we now close 20% more sales because of just this brag book. That's what they call it. Their brag book. And, you know, it does like when a homeowner sits there and says, this 
this company was really good. They were, you know, 5% more than everyone else, but, you know, they know their stuff. I mean, nobody else that came here has been recognized by a dozen floor trade publications with, you know, the plus the local right. newspaper and a, a local uh, state magazine. And, you know, that's a big credibility indicator. It definitely, you know, sends a signal that you are a professional company and you're probably not someone who, you know, goes out and harms people by, you know, charging too much or doing shoddy work or anything like that. That's the credibility piece. Yeah. Really valuable. So what's the process for somebody if they want to leverage press releases and, and use it for authority building, use it for some publicity, use it for some potential mass media coverage? What's the process? That, what do they have to do? Uh, basically, they just have to put a press release together and then uh, send it out using a service like ours, uh, which you know gets to uh, journalists by email as well as over the newswire through PR Newswire. Um, nope. It. Not that. <laughs> I had, and, we had to make sure I spell it right. Keep going. And uh, another th- uh, thing that I would recommend is when before you write the press release, spend a lot of time on strategy. So many people will sit there and. Uh, do a safe press release. You'll announce a personnel change. They might have, you know, they spend a lot of money making their website mobile responsive, but those are not newsworthy things. And those aren't what you should be sending releases on. The types of things you should be sending releases on are strategic things. Like you did a survey or study in your industry right now is a great time for that because there's a lot of uncertainty and people are wanting to know how people in their community and industry feel right now. Are you going to increase your marketing? Are you going to keep it the same? Uh, Is your prospect for the next six months you know, positive or negative. Uh, you know, I think a survey right now in almost any industry could do really well uh, once you get out there to the media. And I've helped a lot of my clients do that. And the first thing they say is, I wouldn't know where to send it to. My leads list or my customer list isn't broad enough to, to you know, get a good sample. And I'm like, trade associations. There are Mm. over 100,000 trade associations in the U.S. And stay away from the large ones. Uh, Go to the small ones, the independent ones, uh, even regional ones. They don't get a lot of love. And if you approach them and said, would you send the survey to your members? They're already hitting send before you've even finished your statement. Uh, Some of them may want to have a co-branding opportunity, which could be a win-win for you, that you, uh, as the expert, did this survey with uh, this trade association. And you definitely want to mention them in the press release and and, and give them some props for for reaching their audience. But using a tool like SurveyMonkey, which I understand just changed their name, or Google Forms or something like that. It's pretty easy and straightforward uh, to put together the survey. Spend a little time on the questions. Throw in one or two oddball questions because sometimes the responses you get from those can be really good. And I've had a lot of lift from those questions. So, uh, you know, pick the ones that are probably appropriate, but throw in one or two that are just like, what's a crazy question I could ask that would just be curious to know about people in my industry. It might be uh, something that's open-ended where you just ask, uh, in one case we did uh, auto repair shops, what's the strangest thing a customer left on their car? Uh, while being repaired and this you know it, we had left room for like a sentence or two and we got people who left boa constrictors there was uh grandma was left in an urn in the back and they had to retrieve it for a memorial after the shop had closed it just a lot of little quirky stories but those were the stories that really got the media coverage in their case they got about 16 
uh, trade publications, numerous newspapers that picked them up, including their local newspaper, which I did tell them, I'm not certain we're going to get your local audience to, to, to do this. But they were like, for them, they were looking for SEO links. So yeah. all these trade associations linking back to them was what they were looking for. That was their main goal because they had a new website. Uh, long story short, they lost their old website because it was free through the yellow pages. And then it sort Uh-oh. of vanished. And uh, they, they, they were like, well, we have to put up a new website. We have no links to us and we're not appearing in anything. So a good SEO person said you should try PR. And I told him, I said, the only way this is going to work is you got to be newsworthy. And that's my go-to. A survey or study is the easiest way to get um, usually between six and 16 articles per survey. Um, the least I've ever seen is four articles. Uh, wow. The most I've seen is over 40 articles from a, a really good survey. Um, so this is great. Uh, I, I, other I, other I, things that you could oh, do. Hold on. Because I, I, okay. I want to I make sure I point out the multiple value points you just spit out right there. First of all, another benefit, SEO. Okay. Um, and it's not just SEO for you, but it's a, it's a SEO can be a hook for you to get these trade associations interested and additional leverage to JV with you, joint venture with you to do this survey to their members. And you're saying they're, they're all, they're excited about it anyway, because they need content and they need, they, they appreciate the mention, the coverage you might be able to give them because you're doing the press release on their behalf as a result of the study or the quiz with them. Uh, and I think that's invaluable for people to understand. That's a resource you can, you, you can go for. Like he said, don't you don't have to go to the biggest. There's plenty of smaller regional chapters and associations that are happily do this for you. Pick your industry and go do that. Like everybody listening can, can go and, and, and uh, make that partnership and, and have data and information and then turning it in just another piece, turn repurposing that into four plus articles, press releases, blog posts. You could do a podcast on it. You now have video content for your YouTube channel. Everything could be linking back to that original survey. That's that was really good insight and advice. Sorry, I just want to unpack all those points. Oh, that that's great. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of other strategic ideas that you can do, so you're avoiding the personnel change press releases and the type of you know drivel that I see. That you know, as soon as I get it, I know that the customers wasted their money because nobody cares about you know certain types of things like the fact that uh, you just uh, are going to a conference or you're sponsoring an event uh, or, you know, things along those lines. Uh, You can do uh, industry blind spots is an approach that I do where you look in your industry and you're like, what have they not talked about in a really long time or in some cases never talked about? And uh, uh, in the case of the Mm. carpet company that I mentioned earlier, um, they said that their industry doesn't talk about marketing. They said all of the trade publications do not discuss marketing. So we did press release on marketing and we immediately got picked up by a dozen trade publications, uh, those, those carpet and floor trade publications. And we wow. continued to, to do press releases on marketing over the next five or six months. And across 12 to 14 publications, we got 30 articles uh, um, printed. And uh, we had just identified something that they the people were really interested in uh, two of the publications started marketing columns because they just the light bulb went off and said, 
for some reason, these are really resonating with our subscribers and audience. And it makes sense because that company said that marketing for them against the big box home improvement stores is their bane. It's like where 80% of their energy goes and they just can't stand it. But this is what they do. And these are yeah. tips and resources that they have and they put in place and they were willing to share them with other uh, carpet companies. So it, it was it was a big windfall for them. But there's also, uh, you know, being a contrarian, like you said, when everybody in the industry is going with the flow, uh, if you're the one willing to provide a perspective that, you know, points out the cons on a particular subject, you, you, you have the chance of appearing in every article because journalists are supposed to be objective. And every time that they talk about this subject, if they're not putting the pros and the cons in there, then they're not really addressing the situation. But if they don't have someone to put in there for the cons, it just usually doesn't get listed. But all of a sudden, if you're their go-to person to put the negative viewpoints in there or, you know, some well-reasoned and rational ideas of why it's not so great, then you stand a really strong chance that every time an article is published on the subject, you get mentioned. Where you're never the person who's pro it's usually they sort through dozens of people because everybody has that perspective and they can just reach out to someone in the industry but being contrarian is very powerful um there's you know also they they need they need the opposing view they do and they're they're usually thankful for it uh i always say come across as uh not the crazy uncle but the well-reasoned rational person that just puts things in perspective. Uh, I always use the example of everybody seems to be pro uh, electric cars. And it's not really that big of a stretch to say, while this is a laudable goal, before we widely adopt electric cars as the the norm, you have to realize we're creating more environmental problems with all these batteries and what happens at the end of the life of these cars, not to mention how batteries are, you know, the minerals for the batteries are mined and the labor practices and things like that. So, you know, that's a way that I, you know, I I said that that doesn't make me come across as, you know, someone that's icky. My customers aren't going to feel alienated or hate me because of that, but it is a contrarian viewpoint and it's a valid one. Yeah. And, and I mean, this, this is, he's giving lots of examples of ways you can use the press releases. Eric asked, you know, essentially he's asking, can we use it to toot our own horn? We hit 12 million pizzas last month, which is a record, uh, you know, for the pizza lighter, sorry, the 12 million pizza, pizza, 12, it says, so perfect crust pizza liners were under a record 12 million pizzas last month. Should we make a press release? I, I'll give my opinion. I want to hear yours, Mickey. I, when we started our agency and we, had, we landed a bigger client like High Point University or we landed University of Iowa and we were going to be doing their marketing or their virtual tour marketing and stuff, the, you know, we, we did a press release on it, announcing it, right? And we use that more so as so we could have that on our website to give us authority when a potential client was evaluating us. Oh, here's a press release that they one of their clients is this well-known university or, or a company. That was our, the, our purpose for it. So I think that objective going in has to be established. Like, what are you trying to achieve with this particular press release? And keep it about that and form your story, your article about that. If it was about getting press mention, well, you might need to take, like you just said, do, do a survey, come up with an opposing idea or review. That way you're get, you're grabbing and fishing out there for the attention of a journalist who needs that opposing view. So w- what is your thought on, I do a press release to toot my own horn? I think that you should. I think that there are natural milestones in every business that you want to celebrate and get out there. Um, 
but you just have to realize that it may not resonate very strongly once you get it out there. You really right. don't it's just know. to get it out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it does work and you do get some articles as a result of it. But, you know, if you're looking for tried and true, I would say stick with something that's a little more strategic. That being said, when you are doing a press release celebrating your win, and this is a great milestone here, are there opportunities for you to elevate the press release by, you know, mentioning other things like uh, last year, uh, an estimated X million uh, pizzas were delivered uh, and, you know, things like that. Or, you know, because of the pandemic, uh, you know, the number of pizzas has increased 12% over the past year. So, you know, so there's a way to put some numbers in there so that the there, it's a little bit more for the journalist in addition to your milestone. And it gives them a little bit more to work with as far as having that. And you don't have to do a study. I mean, these are all publicly yeah. available numbers, I'm sure, that are out there. But yeah. Sometimes just including data, it, journalists like data. It's something they can cling to. It's something they can work with. Uh, they, they love it. So I would say, is there a way to do that? Um, you know, put a really great quote, you know, it could be whether, you know, what fits the personality of your business? Is it funny? Is it strategic? Is it, you know, I, I would say that's an opportunity to really stand out. And, you know, if you do all of these things right, then yeah, you, you might get some media coverage, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that you really don't know until you try it. And that's the, the thing about PR. It, it's so different than other types of marketing because it is, uh, more of an art than a science. And yeah. it, it, it is one of the things that you have to figure out. I had a client who got the front page of USA Today uh, entertainment section and uh, it was he was an author and he, he sold less than 100 books from it. So, you know, he was hoping that it would drive a lot of sales and it, and it didn't. And sometimes you can't control what happens as a result. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I, I have just as many stories of someone who did a, a press release and they just got a couple of mentions in some small papers and yet they sold $40,000 worth of merchandise. <laughs> they said it was phenomenal. Yeah. And so you, you really don't know until you, you, you submit to it. Uh, well, and, and it, it's inexpensive. This is, you know, for what people are spending now on, on digital advertising, you're comparing it to that. It's inexpensive. It's a few hundred dollars and you're getting mass distribution all over the place. Lots of backlinks, lots of SEO power in that. You know, I also want to just come back to the, the survey point, though, and polling people. You could also do a poll on Facebook, spend a hundred bucks to promote that that poll to a specific industry or, or, or demographic on Facebook that's almost everybody watching this could do that or have somebody who could help them with some, with a Facebook post or boosted ad and get some data that way. And maybe you only get a few hundred responses, but, and you can state that, you know, out of a few hundred responses, this is the data we learned from this specific niche. And you know, that could be the fine print, (laughs) how many people you've actually took a poll from, but I think you can still do that as long as you're being honest about how you came across getting the data. There's nothing wrong with saying we ran a poll, promoted the poll to our audience. And out of the 500 people surveyed, this is, this is where they seem to lean on. That's enough of a sample size. What do you think? I agree. I always tell my customers that are in very small niches, as long as you get a hundred or more respondents, uh, you usually don't have any trouble getting media coverage uh, over the results. Yeah, this has been great. Um, you, 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 uh, have, I, I just put the link, uh, on here. It's ereleases.com is his main site, but if you go to forward slash plan, 
ereleases.com forward slash plan. Mickey has a fantastic, about a one hour training on there that I've personally gone through. It's exceptional. He's got some really good handouts to go along with it. You over deliver on the value of this. And, but one of the steps of your eight steps to building out your PR campaign um, is owning your story. Give us some insight, share what you mean by owning your story. Well, owning your story, I, I, I created that strategy step after looking at some of my successful clients who tend to be startups. And I'm like, are, are they getting this media coverage because they're startups? And what I've realized is they know what a USP is and they know what their USP, unique selling proposition is. They know what they're going after and how they're going after it in, in the market that's a little bit different than everybody else. And so the, knowing what distinguishes you from everyone else gives you an advantage when it comes to the media because you can already address that and, and state what it is that you're doing that is so different than everyone else. I think a lot of people are really so close to their business that when they do a press release, they don't go through the effort of defining why their business is so different than every other business that might offer a similar product or service. And I think that that's uh, why they they do so well. So, you know, owning your own story is just that, um, being authentic to who you are. Um, I've had many clients who try to appear bigger than they are. And uh, a lot of times it's just uh, maybe a, a husband and wife who are operating a side business and they're still working their full-time jobs. And uh, one shared a really embarrassing story where they had to cancel Thanksgiving with their extended family and uh, package uh, stuff in their garage because they had gotten inundated with orders and uh, they you know, they, they were caught off guard. And so, uh, I said, you should share that story at a press release. And we did. And Inc magazine picked it up. <laughs> oh my and God. So Inc magazine loves real life entrepreneurs. They love people sharing their growing pains and being authentic and, you know, uh, sharing those types of stories makes you human and natural. And at the end of the day, that's a journalist's job as a gatekeeper is trying to share stories that entertain, delight and educate their audience. And, you know, if you, if you can come up with a press release that identifies that you make it much more likely you get through that journalist. Wow. So this, there's been a little, this is, we're packing in a ton of information in this short period of time. If somebody goes and gets this training from you, what are they going to learn? Uh, they're going to learn several uh, strategies that they can apply to themselves or their business uh, and uh, and be able to do strategically different press releases modeled after press releases that work time and time again. And the best part is this is completely free. I designed yeah. it for my customers because a lot of my customers are doing safe press releases and they're still spending money with me, but I know the money could be spent better if they were doing more strategic press releases. And my goal is to get people to do press releases that matter and they get media coverage as a result of it and all the great things that come with that. So they, I love this. This is a lesson in that, by the way, for everybody listening is to create a training to help your clients and your customers use your services or products better. So that way they're more likely to be a repeat customer and be loyal to you long-term because you're helping them get a better result by teaching and training them how to get a better result with your service. So that there's a, that was a side lesson. Sorry, it's a meta lesson there uh, in that. Very, that's very good. Um, let's, uh, 
real quick, I, I just I want to ask if you got a little more, you got a couple more minutes. Sure. Okay. So one of the one of the uh, not to give away all these eight steps, but the, one of the other things that you talk about in in your strategy and in, in your I think it was in the manifesto I downloaded, which I loved, um, and in the training, which was become a local media darling. And I just I love this. Share what you mean by this. Okay, so we have customers call us all the time and say, I'm only interested in local media. And I always tell them, well, don't spend a dollar with us because it's so easy to get local media coverage. It's uh, just figuring out what journalist at your local newspaper writes about companies your size or your industry, and then calling and asking for their email address. Uh, you might do the same with uh, some re- you know, local or community papers outside of the main daily. Uh, if you're lucky enough to have a business magazine or trade uh, publication or newspaper, uh, reach out to someone there as well. And so there's probably less than 10 people in your local market that could write about you. Uh, get their email address, send an email introducing yourself and uh, what it is that you're pitching. Uh, You don't have to write a press release for this. It's just an idea for a story. If you have a really great quote, uh, I would I would consider writing a quote because again a lot of times journalists if the quote's amazing and the pitch is pretty good they can build a whole article around that uh, and yeah. just introduce yourself as a local business and uh, you can it could be as easy as uh, I'm seeing a lot of people in my industry talk about doing virtual summits and I just completed a virtual summit in my industry and I'd love to discuss that more and my viewpoints about uh, you know the growth of, of virtual conferencing in the future and and uh, here's my details. Here's a great quote. And uh, you just get it out there and, and and you sort of fish. I think that this is the reason why you tend to see the same companies again and again as examples oh, in yeah. a lot of newspapers and things like that. Because these are the people that do the legwork. They reach out to journalists four to six times a year. Um, and uh, when a journalist is working on a story and looking to plug in a company, you're going to become right there front of mind and you're going to get mentioned even when you're not pitching a story. When when I um, first, I did this and I'm so glad you're you're teaching this. I, when I first started my social media agency back when we were barely knowing what we we're doing and trying to figure things out, I said, you know, a couple of things are going to happen. We're going to be the best at selling, going in clients. I had a sales training company. And I said, number two, everyone in our local region is going to know who we are. And um, how, my way to infiltrate that was I went on Twitter and started tweeting and retweeting the journalists' tweets and stories. And or I would comment to them and 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 compliment them when I could genuinely, right? And you've kind of figured out who you like and just don't like too in that world, which is kind of nice because you kind of want to be in the publications that you actually enjoy working with or collaborating with. And what happened from that was very early on, we had a story. This was in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, we had we re, we had uh, stories being written about us in Des Moines. The Des Moines Business Record started writing articles about us. Des Moines. The Des Moines uh, Register, which is the major, biggest newspaper in Iowa, did a whole section say, you, uh, you've got to get to know Joe Soto and, and our company. And, uh, and on my walls in my office, I have you know, the, 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 all the news clippings all over the place, right? Be- not because it's like, hey, I got to brag about myself. It just reminds me of how important that local marketing was to getting my business up and going. And I uh, didn't know that's what I was doing strategically was becoming a local media darling. But I'm like, if I if I'm going to I need to look at least like I'm more prominent than my competitor. 
if I get myself out there. And then I wanted to give value too. So I did a lot of things to try to help out these reporters. I, like I said, retweeting them, put, publishing their stuff on LinkedIn and doing stuff to get them out there a little more. They just appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I was controversial too. So I, that helped a little. <laughs> this has been invaluable, Mickey. Um, so everyone here can go to ereleases.com and you can learn more about this. But if you go to ereleases.com forward slash plan, which I encourage you to do, if you're listening on the podcast and you haven't done this yet, write it down when you stop your car, if you're driving, write it down, ereleases.com forward slash plan. The links will be in the show notes. I would love to have you back again to deeper dive into some more PR strategy uh, with the audience. And I, this isn't the last time you're going to hear from me. And I'm so thrilled you've been here with us today. What would you tell everybody who's sitting there contemplating? Like, is it worth, let's give, leave, leave them with one last thing. Is it worth spending the money on press releases if I have the right strategy? Uh, absolutely. We did a press release last year for a client during the pandemic. And it generated over $10 million in revenue. Oh. Over 150 uh, publications picked it up, including Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. Uh, if you click on case studies on my website, it's the first one there. It was the dining bond initiative built off of the war bond initiative. It was meant to help your local restaurant that was likely closed during the early stages of the pandemic. And it was a, a way which you could just, you know, provide some yeah. assistance at a time when there's a lot of negative stuff going on. And so I kind of think it was a perfect storm time-wise uh, because it was so positive and there was so much negative news that it yeah. just filled a vacuum. And, you know, we quit counting at 150 articles. I just felt like we had gotten enough screenshots and things like that. And it was hugely successful for, it's a very small, short window in which they could do this help and assistance. And it worked phenomenally well. And that's the kind of leverage that you can get with people. It's probably an exaggerated one, uh, but I do hear from clients that will do a release, get a couple of mentions and say, we got you know $20,000 in sales. And I'm like, and how much did you spend on that press release? Yeah, $260, right. $400. So there is the opportunity for mass leverage with PR that you generally don't get with other types of marketing and advertising, paid advertising. I've never created a Google ad where I put in a dollar and get like, you know, four or 500 times X or something like that. Right. And that's, that's awesome. And I, one thing you said there was about, you said filling a vacuum, but filling this void that's in the marketplace. Another great tip. He's just kind of sneaking these in there, which is look at what's being publicized, what's, what's being talked about and where, what isn't being talked about that you could be the one to fill that void or fill that, fill that gap. Um, and, uh, that's, that's insightful. Thanks for being on here, Mickey. I appreciate you. Everybody go to ereleases.com forward slash plan. Uh, you can find Mickey on all the social, uh, media sites as well. You'll get, you, you, you're going to thank me for this episode. If you take action and do something about it, and I, we don't have an affiliate relationship or anything that I have. It's, uh, I just want to tell everyone, just a side note here. A few months ago, I talked about ereleases.com, uh, had it up on my slideshow. Justin, who's actually uh, live with us here while we're recording the show, I saw him in the, in the chat, I didn't know he was going to be here, was there. And now is you know, using ereleases religiously. Um, was one of the people that were, did, had no idea you existed. And I, I've known you existed because I've had an agency for so long and PR has always been a small piece, if not a major piece at some points in our agency life for us and our clients. And uh, then just as the universe would have it, you just showed up in my inbox one day through your publicist who said, hey, 
Uh, I think Mickey might be a good fit for your show. And let's see if we can put you guys together. That was unplanned. I had no idea. So it's amazing how things work. I'm super happy you're here. And I'm glad it worked out this way. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show. Everyone, I'll see you next time on the Not Your Average Joe show. And Mickey is the furthest thing from average. His company is not average either. Go check it out. And I'll see you on the next episode. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe show with international business mentor Joe Soto. 